0: You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania.
1: Hey, it's Chelsea.
0: Hey, it's Grace. And hey, it's Sarah. So for today, because I am me, I have to do another local case as we're coming back from our little break. So this week we're going to dive into a cold case from Dolphin County from the 80s. This is a case that I have gone back and forth with whether I want to cover or not because it does feel very close to being solved, um, but it still is not officially solved. So just in case there are any tips out there, we do want to make sure we get this story out. So for this case, we're going to be going to Millersburg. That is not to be confused with Millers Town, which is in Perry County, or Millersville, which is in Lancaster County. That's what I thought. So we're in, yeah, yeah. We're in Millersburg, which is literally middle of nowhere, Dauphin County. It's along Route 147. It's not very far from, it kind of triangulates with Halifax and Elizabethville. And Elizabethville is different than Elizabethtown. Central PA is just really freaking confusing.
2: It's all of PA, like, Eastern and Western PA share some town names, which has confused me in the past, but there's multiple ones. I'm like, just because they're on the opposite ends of the state doesn't mean you can do that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we've had people correct us how many times with, oh, well, this is actually this town, not the township. And it's like, well, sorry. (laughs) We try. We try. But PA town names are just ridiculous. So This is a disappearance that we're going to talk about. And at the time of this disappearance, Millersburg was even quieter than it is today. And today it's still a very small town, very quiet. And like the only reason that I have gone to millersburg multiple times is for one hiking path that is there but it's beautiful it leads you out to rocks and it overlooks the river really pretty area but like that's all i can associate millersburg with and a childhood friend who grew up there Anyway, it is still a very small town. In 1989, which is when this disappearance takes place, despite its small size, it would become fairly well known because of the flyers, billboards, and articles that came out asking for details regarding 17-year-old missing young woman, Tracy Marie Crow. And if you are like me and you kind of picture words as you hear them, it is Crow, K-R-O-H, not C-R-O-W. When I first heard about this case, I was only listening to things and definitely thought it was C R O W. So, oh, I would assume that too. Yeah. In case you go to look anything up later, it is K R O H. But before we get too deep, I do want to shout out the source that I used for most of this information. The book Cold Case Pennsylvania, Tracy Marie Crow by Suzanne Reed, PhD, is a fabulous resource full of a lot of direct quotes, newspaper clippings, photographs. Uh, She put a ton of maps in there just to kind of help everything make sense a little bit more for people that are not from that area.
2: I love a good map that I wish a map came automatically with every single true crime story. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. But she also managed to fit literally every detail that was available to her at the time when she wrote the book. It is available on Amazon If this case interests you, I highly recommend grabbing the book. I do have the Amazon listing for the book as the first source that'll be on the blog. The most expensive version of the book is like $6. So she did self-publish it from what I can tell, which cuts down on consumer cost. You can actually get a Kindle version for like $1.99 or $2.99 if you have a Kindle or the Kindle app. Anyway, like Amazon and Kindle do not sponsor us, obviously, but I just really love how she pulled the book together. And really, I mean, I went searching for articles beyond what she mentioned in the book. And aside from some updates that I'll talk about toward the end, there's really nothing that she didn't get in the book from what I can find. So it's a really, really great source jam-packed with A lot of information. So, as always, let's talk a little bit about Tracy before we spotlight her disappearance. She was described as kind and smart, and family was a major priority for her. She attended Halifax High School and was involved with NHS, National Honor Society. She was also an editor for the yearbook. She was a member of the FBLA Club, which is the Future Business Leaders of America, and she was also an artist for the newspaper. She actually specifically from one of her teachers was noted as having a knack for verbal zingers in a really fun way. So her principal remembered that he could throw a joke out to her and she would get it, laugh, and then have a quick-witted retort almost immediately which is like most of the people that I'm good friends with like I feel like I would get along with her just with that kind of quick wit sarcastic snarky it sounds like vibe. your favorite show it does it very much does um tv show or podcast show cuz also tv yes show for Gilmore girls okay. fair, That's what I was fair. getting at fair fair um but it does seem that, like, everyone loved her. She was the light up a room sort of person. So, of course, naturally, she is the one that winds up going missing because isn't that how it always happens? Um, but on to the disappearance here. Um, it is important to note at this point that Tracy was a very small, person uh she was four foot ten and 85 pounds at age 17. wow holy cow i think i was 85 pounds in elementary school wow or middle school that's pretty tiny i yeah uh it has been a long time since i've been 85 pounds um so she also wore a size size four and a half to five shoe which is like half the size of my foot. So
1: basically she could like shop in the kids section here. That's what you're saying. Yeah. She
2: probably had
0: to. (laughs) That's true. Honestly, yeah, she probably did have to. So anyway, we are looking at Saturday, August 5th, 1989. And side note, I got married on Saturday, August 5th in Halifax, Clearly not in 1989, but it was still weird that we're looking at a case that kind of revolves around a Halifax high school student. That is weird. On the exact date that I got married in the town many years later. Hmm. Because I was not even a thought in 1989, but I just thought that was kind of funky. So... On Saturday, August 5th, 1989, Tracy gets dressed up with a flowered blouse, blue and white shorts, a silver wristwatch, and her class of 1990 Halifax high school class ring. She was entering her senior year, set to graduate in the spring. After getting ready, she grabbed everything that she was going to need for her day and she headed to her car, a 1971 Mercury Comet that was white with a blue stripe. Apparently, she really likes white and blue. She had a white and blue shirt, white and blue shorts, and her car was white and blue. And when she got in the car, she was heading over to her sister Tammy's house. Um, Her sister Tammy was married. She was um, a couple years older than Tracy. And Tracy had a couple items that she was dropping off at Tammy's house. But when she got there, she realized Tammy wasn't home, so she just left the stuff at her door. Um, It was a grill for a barbecue that they had planned and then some grocery store coupons that she was leaving. I was listening. I listened to a couple different podcasts just to kind of get some, um, like, a feel for what other people are saying about the case. And a lot of them were saying, you know, it seems really weird that she was dropping off a grill at her sister's house. I don't think that's that weird, especially because it was noted in multiple articles that her sister and brother-in-law were going to be having a barbecue soon. So it doesn't feel that uh, weird to me to drop a grill off at someone's house. Um, so
2: she was probably dropping off her parents' grill at her sister's house for them to borrow? Something like I would that, guess. I'm assuming? Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Because, um, yes, uh, Tracy was living with her parents because she was a senior in high school, so... I would assume it was just a, hey, I don't have time to do this. Can you go drop this at your sister's house sort of thing? Yeah. So it doesn't seem like a weird thing for me to drop off a grill somewhere, even if someone's not home. Like, even if you're afraid to just leave something outside. I mean, Halifax, even in 2023, is not a town where I would say, if I leave this grill here, someone's going to steal it in 20 minutes. Like. I mean, it's, it's very similar. Grace, I know that, you know, my hometown, but I mean, where you guys both live is kind of similar. You're just a little bit more suburban, um, than rural, but it, you know, you can kind of trust some stuff. It's not,
2: I wouldn't leave a grill out front, but
0: that's just, well, (laughs) yeah, that's fair. Not here.
1: Um, (laughs) I don't know. My yeah, sister, that... my sister lives in the city too, and she left like a Dyson vacuum that's a couple hundred bucks on her her perch for me to pick up. I mean,
2: your sister also lives like half a mile off the road. <laughs> that's
1: true. But Well, there's, know. yeah, I that could be a factor too. I love, I leave stuff on my porch. I mean, you were over here today and people were probably picking stuff up. I don't, I don't know.
2: They didn't cause it was snowing, but I know what you're saying. Oh. Well, that's
0: fair. That's
2: Chelsea fair. has Vera Bradley
0: bags on our porch. Come get them. Yeah, please. <laughs> yes. Cause we all know exactly where she lives. Um, <laughs> Anyway, maybe I'm missing some sort of weirdness factor with the grill that other people were freaked out about. Maybe it's just because the other podcasts were not like small town PA people. It just doesn't seem that weird to me. But anyway, Tammy and her husband did come home that night. They got home around 6.30 that evening and they saw the grill near the door. So because this was before cell phones and this incessant need that At least I have, if not all of us, to tell people where we are every moment of the day. Tammy didn't know exactly when Tracy dropped it off because Tracy couldn't send a text to say, hey, girl's outside your door. FYI, you know, it was 1989. Wasn't an option. Doesn't that seem crazy? But it
2: was not that long ago. I know. At
0: all. It's wild.
2: I just recently saw a clip of um, some newscasters from like 1994 just marveling over like the internet. And email addresses and saying like, how do you say that A with like the curly Q over it? Like that wasn't even 30 years ago. It's just crazy to think about how we functioned, but we did.
0: Do you know that 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 character does not have a name? It's literally just the at symbol. Hmm. Like how the and symbol is also called an ampersand. Sure. There is not a technical name for the at symbol. Well, we'll have to make one. There you go. Fun trivia from Sarah. Anyway, so, you know, Tracy couldn't text Tammy and say like, hey, left the grill out. TTYL. So Tammy didn't know exactly when Tracy had dropped it off, but it does give us a little bit of a timeline that it was at least dropped off before 630 because we know that Tracy wasn't still there when Tammy got home. So, adding a little bit to our timeline, there are people who spot Tracy in the town square of Millersburg this afternoon and evening of August 5th as well. Tracy's mom, Ellen, is adamant that Tracy would have gone straight from Tammy's house to the square. Seems like Tracy did have plans to be at the square, but her mom says, you know, she would not have stopped anywhere else. She would have gone straight from her sister's house to the square. But ultimately, it's possible that she did stop again we don't have cell phones we can't look for pings or anything like that to try to figure out where she may have gone but all we know is that she definitely dropped the grill off at Tammy's and then she definitely was in the Millersburg Square at some point that afternoon or evening uh there's a thought that she made a call from a payphone in the square based on eyewitness testimony but there's no actual proof to show it there's kind of a thought that that may have just kind of become local legend or you know just part of the story that oh well there's a payphone in the town square so she went to the town square she made a payphone call and then when we talk about some theories a little bit later the idea of that payphone call kind of Comes back into it. So again, no real proof to show that, but that's kind of how the the story goes with locals that she made some sort of phone call there at the payphone. Uh, there is a question of whether or not she maybe met someone down by the river. Millersburg sits right along the Susquehanna. The square is. Literally on the river from the town square, you can walk down to the river. So there's a thought that she was maybe meeting someone there because it was such a short walk from where she would have had to park. Again, if that was the case, we truly just don't have any proof. The last confirmed sighting that investigators can validate comes from between the hours of 7 and 8 p.m. on August 5th, 1989. And since then, Tracy has never been seen again. So it didn't take long for her mom to realize that something was off. Even though Tracy would often spend the night with friends or she would sleep over at Tammy's house, something woke Ellen up around 2 a.m. on August 6th, and it was just kind of that panging mother's intuition that just said, hey, something's off. She really tried to calm her mind and say, you know, if Tracy's not here, she's with Tammy, she's with a friend, but she couldn't calm her mind. She knew something was different this time. And then, of course, in the waking hours of the day, this worry turned into panic and absolutely frantic searching that even now, 33 and a half years later, has not fully resolved. Of course, the immediate theory here is that she is a runaway. It comes through that maybe this call from the phone booth was how she met up with this person at the river, and then whoever she met up with, she ran away with for whatever reason. And while this is grand and sensational, it's highly unlikely. Uh, First of all, we have no proof that there even was a phone call or a person by the river that she was meeting up with, so it you can't really base a theory on speculation. Second, she left $300 in cash at home and $400 in her bank account. Factoring in inflation, that's roughly $710 in cash and $940 in the bank. I can't imagine a 17-year-old is going to run away and leave $1,650 in money behind them. Exactly. So... People say, you know, well, she was trying to make a cover up. She wanted it to look like she was taken, but she really was running away. She's 17.
2: <laughs> like, how much of a mastermind do you think she is?
0: Exactly. Like, she was smart, but, like, not maybe at that level. Um, sure. Also, it, there's... Nothing that she had to run away from. I mean, she didn't have, you know, it's not like she had people that were stalking her, harassing her, following her. Um, she wasn't in a bad home life. She wasn't in a relationship. She Therefore, she wasn't in a bad relationship. You know, it, it doesn't make sense because there's nothing that she would be running away from and nobody and nothing that she would be running away to. So it's a theory because she's a teenager and, you know, everyone always jumps to that theory, but it really doesn't make sense. Um, and ultimately investigators and the community ended up moving on to other theories as more information became available. So as we move on in our timeline, remember that she went missing Saturday. So we're looking now at Sunday evening. We're roughly 20 to 22 hours after Tracy was last seen. And at this point, her father drives to the Millersburg Square and he finds her car. Unfortunately, there is nothing else there. No identification, no belongings. Um, The car starts up and runs fine. So, you know, initially there was a thought of maybe she had to abandon it because there was some sort of uh, mechanical issue. But I mean, they were able to get in with a spare, started up, it worked, it ran, you know, no, no issues there. So really there was no information and no evidence to help them at all. There are some who question why Ivan Tracy's father went straight for the Millersburg Square. Um, you know, like your daughter has been missing less than a day, but you happen to go right to the place where she was last seen before knowing that she was last seen there. Because they really didn't start the investigation until they found the car and not her, and that's when they started to find out Okay, so she was seen here and here and here at these times. So some people think it's kind of sketchy that her dad went right to the place that she was without knowing that she was there. But let me tell you a little bit about this part of Dauphin County. Harrisburg is in Dauphin County. Harrisburg is the anomaly of Dauphin County. Nothing else in Dauphin County is city-like. At all. Everything else is small towns, back roads, woods. You've got a couple bigger towns that might sit along a highway, but you really don't have big cities nothing like you would see in like the Philadelphia area, the Pittsburgh area, even up near Erie. You know, Harrisburg is a a decent-sized city. I mean, it's a small city, but for Pennsylvania, it's decent size. But it's really not reflective of what the rest of Dauphin County is like. Dauphin County really is country. It's mountain, it's farms, it's houses that are spread apart, it's back roads. It's not a big city area. So, There weren't many places for her to go for fun it also seems like her parents knew she was heading in that direction because her mom had also said you know she went to Tammy's and then she would have gone straight to the square so it seems like they may have had some sort of idea that she may have been there but again some people were kind of pointing fingers at her father saying like is there more that he knows that he's not sharing because he went right to that location
2: I feel like people are really picking at little things here neither of like the grill thing didn't really register with me and this
0: didn't register with me yeah um neither registered with me either which i think is is why it stood out so much to me um because i was like you guys are really worrying about these details okay yeah Okay. But like I said before, I grew up not far from this area. There are definitely specific areas that if I had gone missing as a 17-year-old, my family would have gone to probably two or three different spots to look for me. There weren't a thousand different hangout spots. It was, you were either at your house, a friend's house, or like one of four different locations.
2: Yeah. When I was a kid and I lived um, in Danville, which is next to Bloomsburg, If I had gone missing, there'd be two streets that my parents would have to drive down to that they'd be looking for me. So it wouldn't it'd be weird if someone said it was weird that like, oh, they went straight there. Well, yeah. Where where else are you going to (laughs) go?
0: Well, and I think the public always looks I mean, investigators do, too. But the public does it in a much more harsh light, always looks at those that are immediately closest. So they're going to look at family. They're going to look at partners. They're going to look at best friends. So, and especially this case is so close to so many in this community. I have had so many people reach out and say, are you going to cover this case? Are you going to cover this case? Just because so many people in my area know it because it's, I live in Dolphin County. So Mm -hmm. people know this case. And I think, People so desperately want answers that they're willing to throw anyone in as a suspect. And I think that's part of it as well in this case. But from here, from finding the car in the square, there really was nowhere else to go. I mean, how do you track something without breadcrumbs? A few newspapers did run reports of her missing, but none of them were front page stories they were maybe one paragraph hidden on, like, page six of a newspaper. Really just not a lot of coverage there. We've talked about this idea a couple times before, but it was really seen as a slight rather than a call to action. Like, oh, yeah, this person's missing, but um, we're just going to throw it in the middle of of the newspaper, and people probably won't see it. Yeah,
2: what's even the point? It's just, right. it's hidden, basically. Right.
0: yeah. So a lot of people saw it very much as a slight to her. Um, I don't think it was meant that way, though. And that's also something that we look back on now in 2023 and we say, you know, oh, well, they could have done this and this and that and the other. And okay, yeah, but in 1989, they didn't know that they didn't have that. It wasn't a possibility. So I think that's one of those things, too, that we look back more harshly with hindsight. Mm hmm but they just didn't have those tools or knowledge or options at that point. So I think part of it too was like, if you had to post in the newspaper as a law enforcement entity, if you had to post for help finding a missing person, it almost came across as like, oh, well, you can't handle this case. So we need other people to help because the world was kind of happy go lucky. And I mean, it, It wasn't, but it had that appearance, you know, life was simpler and whatever. I think nowadays we just accept that people suck and, you know, we know that people are scary. We know that really no area is ever safe. So whenever an article comes out about this missing person in 2023, we don't see that as, oh, the police can't do their jobs. But in the 1980s and 90s, it was very much seen that way. So that's also part of why they publicized it so little and in the way that they did.
2: There were a lot of egos going on back yes. then. And I'm not saying there's not now for sure. Well, it's I yeah. think maybe there's just like tighter standards now, but people's egos, yeah. they'll always
0: get in the way. Yep absolutely absolutely so as time goes on and no answers are coming in mr crow decides to post tracy's face on a missing persons flyer and start handing them out at work now here's what's kind of nice here uh he worked for the pennsylvania turnpike in swatera township and he got other workers to post along all of the stops along the entire turnpike all the way from philly to pittsburgh that is so smart wow (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it makes makes me think of and I can't think of which case it was. um, But we talked about a case before that was a missing person whose father was a truck driver. And so they were putting flyers out everywhere that they drove. And I think that's a really smart way to use those sorts of resources. Mm hmm. So between the family and Crime Stoppers, $6,000 worth of reward money was raised. And initially this brought some hope, right? Like someone's going to want this money. Someone's going to say something. If she was taken from the square, it was a public place in the middle of a Saturday evening in August. I mean, the sun would still, it'd be setting in the evening, but it wouldn't be the darkness of seven and eight o'clock as we have now in the winter. <laughs> In August. I never
2: really thought about this before, but I've been really into the Vanished podcast lately. And she was talking about how this family raised money, some money, a few thousand dollars for a missing person, but it was thought that this person had been trafficked. And people were like, well, that person is worth whoever took her, that person is worth way more than a few thousand dollars being trafficked. So that yes. little bit of money is not going to entice them to yep. bring her back. And I really never thought about that before, that, you know,
0: this person could be worth more. Yeah. Than that Trafficking amount. is actually a theory in this case that we'll get into a little bit later. And Figured. so that comes up a lot in the research as well. That same idea of they don't care about six thousand bucks because they're gonna be making a crap ton more than that.
1: Yeah. Well, on that so, subject, yeah. um, I was listening to a podcast today and really they could maybe say something to their friends or their family or, you know, someone saw them with them. And maybe, no, it's not a lot of money to the person who took them, but maybe a person who heard something, saw something, maybe that yeah. money is good enough for them. I, It's like a catch-22.
0: Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the hope was that someone who was in the square had to see something more than, well, she might have been with a person near the river, but I wasn't really sure. You know, they really felt like there had to be something else. There, Someone had to know something. And even if it wasn't, you know, they weren't returning Tracy for the 6,000, they wanted information. Unfortunately, they were never able to give out any of the reward money because nobody ever came forward with information. So Ellen says, um, and Ellen again is Tracy's mom. Ellen says that she was actually receiving many, like a significant amount. There was not a number with it, but it was highly emphasized that. It was not one or two. It was a significant amount of phone calls from people claiming to know where Tracy was claiming to have Tracy with them or claiming to know what happened to Tracy and then explaining it in absolutely grotesque detail. Come to find out every single claim was false. So all of these people were just making up all of this stuff and Like, for what? That's so, it's just disgusting. Like, you're crafting these horrible stories and calling family members for what? Your own entertainment. I
2: used to be shocked. And it's so sad because I'm just not anymore. You expect this with missing persons cases. There's always going to be someone to take advantage, whether they're trying to get money or just like their kicks. Yep. And sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes I feel it's even worse if they're not even trying to get money. They're literally just doing it because they get pleasure out of other people, you know, having the worst days of their lives. Yeah. And it's just gross, but not surprising.
0: Yeah. Horrible. Uh, People suck. That's pretty much what I've boiled it down to. But moving forward from that... Moving forward, the family and community members continued to invest their time. They continued to invest their money. Um, They were really trying to get resources to help find Tracy or just get any information that they could. They put up more signs, like uh, I'm sure millions of flyers were put up. There were a lot of different billboards, and there were just constant pleas for information, but nothing came of it. Sure, tips came in, and yeah, they were investigated. But ultimately, nothing came of it. The biggest tip that they got uh, from the beginning did lead into divers searching a pond, but ultimately, nothing was found. After that point, the reward was raised to $6,500, which is $14,500 in 2022 money, but still nobody came forward with any sort of viable leads. Um, in July of 1992, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children sent nearly three million postcards to residents of Pennsylvania with Tracy's case information on them. This was completed by a separate company from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They you know, paid another company to do the mail outs. Um, this company was based out of New York and they had had lots of success with mass mailings like this in the past. We talked about this with, I think it was the boy in the box where they put information like in the electric bills or the utility bills, whatever it was. So kind of that same idea of everybody's getting a copy of this. They sent out this information, They were sending one postcard per week, and the week of July 24th, 1992 was the week that they sent out information on Tracy's disappearance. Unfortunately, once again, nothing came from this. So we fast forward a little bit, and now we're in November of 1993. In just one short month, the world becomes a better place because I am born, just kidding. Um, I've already been here for a while at this point. Yeah, sorry. I'm the baby. Um, But anyway, November 1993, a farmer is walking his property, which is about nine or ten miles, depending on which route you take, from Tracy's home. And he spots something in the creek. So he walks over to take a closer look, and he discovers items from Tracy's wallet along the bank. So remember how I said they found the car. Nothing was in it. Here's some of what we would have expected to find in the car. We end up with a partial driver's license and her National Honor Society card. They searched the area. They went a couple miles on either end of the bank. They went on the other side of the bank. Um, nothing else was found anywhere. And I mean, this is four years later. Like she went missing August of 89. This is November of 93. And this stuff is popping up along a creek. And that feels weird to me. Like a couple months. Okay. We're talking over four years later and personal belongings are popping up along the creek on this farmer's property.
2: I would assume someone dumped her stuff fairly recently then, right? Like whoever I, did something to I her got her stuff for a while and then they were like, I should probably get rid
0: of this. Maybe. Like just held on to it for four years or maybe she was, I mean, we don't even, we don't know if she's alive right Mm -hmm. now. She could be. But four years later, a partial driver's license and her NHS card wash up. And that's it.
2: And I wonder, I don't know, maybe this is being nitpicky. If you said partial ID, so like, did it look like someone had cut it or like snapped it in half? And I guess they weren't as like tough or maybe they were tougher. You know what? I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah I couldn't find any details. I was curious about the same thing, and I couldn't find any specific details about it, so okay, gotcha. I don't know. I wish I knew <laughs> yeah but it was don't we all nineteen ninety three so you know it there like I couldn't find any pictures of what it looked like. I couldn't find any information along those lines so um, I wish I knew if anybody out there knows. Feel free to tell me. I'd love to know, but I couldn't find it anywhere.
1: I feel like the uh, national so- uh, honor society card when I had mm-hmm. one, it was it wasn't even plastic. It was it was like a harder paper paper type thing.
0: Yeah, it was like cardstock. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't in NHS, but I had friends who were. But I mean,
1: back then, I couldn't imagine they'd have plastic for it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know.
0: Like, I'm wondering if maybe she had it like. If it was a like photo, Uh, those types protector or something like, because that's what I can. I imagine. I think about my dad's wallet when I was a kid, and he always had, you know, just a couple or like one or two of the plastic cases that he would keep pictures and he would keep um, my social security number and my brother's social security number in there in his wallet so that, you know, we went to doctor's appointments, whatever he had the numbers. But I remember that being in his wallet in this like, you know, credit card size plastic protector. Yeah. So I wonder if it was in that, and that's why they were together and able to wash up on the farmer's land. But yeah, so I don't know details on it. I wish I did, um, uh, but I couldn't find anything specific. Um, everything I found was just partial. That's all it says. So, but it was enough that they knew it was hers. So it must have either had the photo, the name, the address, something on it that they were able to say, Yeah, it's definitely hers. So that was in '93. Fast forward six years, and in 1999, they did an age progression because 10 years had passed and they wanted to show, you know, what she could look like now in case anyone saw her. And then the next update that I was able to find was from 2006. So uh, I'm assuming that the age progression kind of did nothing for them. No leads, nothing to follow, anything like that. So then... In 2006, they brought cadaver dogs into the mix. And a lot of people thought this meant that there was enough suspicion that she was killed and they were, you know, specifically looking for a body based on evidence. And it's possible that they were and just haven't released that evidence. Uh, But nothing that I could find really indicated specifically that they thought she was in a certain area, but rather just that, Hey, we have cadaver dogs. Now we have a fleet of them. They brought cadaver dogs in, but found nothing. Um, so then in 2008, they did another age progression because now we're nearly 20 years out. Um, and they put it all over billboards and yet again, nothing. So, Bear with me for this next part because I don't know what I think of it, but it was mentioned in the book and a lot of people have pointed to it on like Reddit threads. So just bear with me. In 2012, there was an online tarot reading done. I am not opposed to tarot readings. This one just, you'll see. Um, it it feels like a fortune cookie that you can just apply to any situation, but Maybe you guys will think differently when we get through it. So I did post the blog for the tarot reading. It's the second source uh, listed. Number one is the book. And then we have the tarot reading. So if you know more about that stuff than I do, uh, you can check it out and maybe explain it to me a little bit better. But for this reading, she pulled three cards. Uh, The first card was the devil, which apparently this card can mean roughly a million different things. But in relation to this case, um the person that the psychic that was doing this reading felt that she may have had an unhealthy relationship with a person or substance or some other sort of addiction or something that she was trying to get away from. And this is why I don't know how I feel about the tarot reading here because doesn't everybody have something that they're trying to get away from or something that they're not super proud of in their lives?
2: That's the thing about tarot cards is that they're, they're so, they're supposed to be interpreted. And I've right. had a reading before that like someone said something and I was like, that doesn't really seem like it applies to me. And she's like, well, it could be the opposite. <laughs> I just, yeah. I think there are very sensitive and very real mediums and yeah. people out there. I definitely think there are. And I think there's a lot of fake ones. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's tough. Yeah. And you don't and know I, what
0: people's I, intentions are. Yeah. And that's a big part with tarot is intention from what I understand about tarot and This person also does these tarot readings for a lot of missing people based on online suggestions. So she also and she says this in the blog, she, you know, is going off of truly anything that card can mean. And then she kind of leans into her feelings of what she thinks it means for this case. But it's a lot different to try to do a reading for a missing person or someone that's not there with you versus doing a reading with someone who's there with you. So I think that's also yeah. part of it. But continuing on, she said that this the devil card can also mean that there's a connection to money or obsession. Um, the psychic feels that Tracy was trapped in some sort of situation and wanted to get out. Whether that means before she was missing or whether she was maybe kidnapped and that was the situation she was trying to get out of is unsure. But she, she, as in the psychic, um, does say that she feels there was some sort of trapping situation that Tracy wanted to be out of. There are feelings that the psychic relays in the blog. Um, prominent bone structures and knees are somehow important. Uh, there's some sort of connection to the underside of a building or some farm or area where farming equipment, wood stoves, or animals would be stored or housed. She's, this, this psychic is describing most of the area around Halifax and Millersburg by saying farm equipment or barns or animals. Again, Dauphin County is surrounded by Perry County, Cumberland County, Schuylkill County. Like you've got all the, they're all farmy areas. So 90% of Pennsylvania is farms. According to me, that's not an official statistic or old mines. (laughs) Well, yeah, that too, especially where you guys are. You guys are in, well, closer to mines than I am.
2: I feel like that affects a lot of missing persons cases around kind of like central ish yes. PA because honestly, I don't want to say anywhere's like a great place to put a body, but you know, old strip mines and places right. that are dangerous to check out, Centralia that's on fire. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you are just hitting all the nails on the head today because that also comes up in a theory, the idea of...
2: uh, do I get a gold star?
0: Sure, I will mail you a gold star. Thank you. You're welcome. There is also a possibility that there could be storage for boats or a waste disposal area that she is in. There's an idea that it's somewhere that has a property that has a feeling of being closed in. Which, again, could be anything with walls or a fence, and it feels very broad to me. But, maybe not. The second card, then, that she pulled was the Emperor. And this is alleged to mean that Tracy was in a vehicle with a strong male presence. Investigators are supposed to consider roads or locations with East in the name. So, not just East as a cardinal direction, but, like you know, like I live on North street and the idea here is that she probably lives on like East or she would be on like East high street or East whatever. Hmm. Um. So there's kind of this idea that the street name itself or the location itself is going to have East in the name, uh, church names, mountain names, or an actual mountain could offer answers. Uh, the Appalachian Trail runs through Dauphin County, so there's a lot of mountains. Again, Pennsylvania is literally named after trees, so could also just be like a oh, she's probably somewhere near trees. Yeah, well, yeah, like
2: okay. I guess it could be helpful in the sense that it could be saying she's probably still local. As opposed to being taken to a city or a different country. I guess if you are gathering anything, maybe it just will narrow down the search area for you a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, There were also connections to construction and landscaping that came up along with fire, heat and burns. So some people interpret that as she was buried And then, like, they dug out a hole, put her body in, burned it. And so that's what has to do with, like, earth and burning and fire. Um, Others Mm. just say, again, she's in the freaking middle of farm country. So probably just the fact that it was, you know, wood stoves were heat and fire was prominent because of that and those sorts of things. So, again, kind of taking it with a grain of salt.
2: Or a Um, coal fire. Mm.
0: Fair also. It's very easy to, you know, draw a lot of different things out of these, you know. Yes, exactly. Um, So then the third card shows uh, chaos and a possible staging before she was abducted. Um, I saw the card. And it did not have an actual name on it, but it had the number seven and a person holding a sword. According to Google, that could be the seven of swords, which is apparently a thing. I know nothing about tarot, like not nothing. I know very little, but the blog itself did not call it that. So I don't know. Um, so to be safe, I'm just kind of giving the description, but it it had the number seven at the top and then it was like a person with a sword and a sheath. So that if that means anything to anyone that's listening, there you go. But like I said, it shows chaos and a possible staging before Tracy was abducted. Um, again, we're assuming here that she was in fact abducted. Uh, The psychic is interested in mechanics because she does see Mechanicsburg on the map. And so she's wondering if there's some sort of link to mechanics. Pennsylvania just has weird town names. Yo, like, I don't think mechanics are involved necessarily. I think you just looked at a map and Mechanicsburg is across the river. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And then the color red also came up on the tarot. And in looking at this same map, which must be a fairly zoomed out map of the area, the psychic notices red lion. Which is a town in York County, not like Red Lion hotels. And so the psychic then went on in the blog and said, you know, it's possible that these areas are involved. You know, they're, they're close to where she was. No, they're not. I should have, I should have map quested it. Map quest isn't a thing. I should have (laughs) Google mapsed it. But if I had to guess, I would say Millersburg and Mechanicsburg are probably, and, my friend Kim will text me and call me out on this because she does every time I try to guess distances. Um, solid hour apart, like solid hour, I would say. And then Red Lion would be even farther. Red Lion is in York County, um, and it's closer. Uh, it's closer to you guys. It's on like the eastern, southeastern uh, York County. Okay. Area and so that's probably. I mean, from Duncannon, Red Lion is a little over an hour. Um, so from Millersburg, depending the route you take, it could be hour 15, hour and a half, maybe. Um, so they're not like neighboring towns, um, they're not you know, hop, skip, and a jump, they're a solid drive that you're going for either of those. Um, so I don't know that that's necessarily something to cling on to, um, but Hey, it's out there. So we'll bring it in and talk about it as an option. So, um, it's at least worth mentioning the effort if nothing else. So again, that was 2012 that that tarot reading was posted on the blog. So then we go forward two more years, and in 2014, a tip comes in from a woman who claims that in the earlier months of 1989, someone had tried to abduct her from the Millersburg Square. They weren't able to figure out who that may have been, or if it was even linked to Tracy's case, but the information was taken in, it was added to the case file, and then of course, up until this point, it hasn't really changed anything, because if it did, we wouldn't be covering it, but it at least was something. A lot of people gave that woman a lot of crap for not coming forward until 2014. I mean, I don't know. I think nowadays on Facebook, you know, we see people say all the time, oh, this guy was looking at me funky from across the parking lot. Be careful if you're in that parking lot this week. People get a little over excited about people being near them and I think we had the opposite problem in the 90s. You know, if someone was nearby, you just like you might have told people, but again, the police weren't going to report something that made them look bad, so they'd keep it as a police report, but it wasn't necessarily going to become public, and as a person, you might not want to go public with that information because how does that make you look then? So, a lot of people give this woman a lot of flack I think she just needed to take her own time and that's what she did. So, you know, ultimately it's not like this tip came in and immediately it was solved. And if she would have given us the tip in 1990, it could have been solved sooner. Like the tip didn't solve the case. So the fact that she didn't report it right away, I don't know that it made or would have made a huge difference, but you know, who's to say. So we move forward another year, 2014, we have the tip. Doesn't really go anywhere. In 2015, the police show up to a property, and they decide to search it in relation to Tracy's case. This property had also been searched when she first went missing in 1989. Um, But in 2015, police bring in cadaver dogs, and they search everything. Unfortunately, just like everything else, there is nothing found. Um, Now, this same property owner allegedly got drunk one night and revealed that he and a group of friends were in the square that evening and planned to assault and R-word Tracy and let her go, um, but that it went too far. And because it went too far, they couldn't let her go, so they had to kill her. And while they did end up tapping this person's phone and learning that he had made some really freaking stupid choices in his life, um, they can't actually find anything to tie him to Tracy or her disappearance. And any sort of confession while under any sort of substance can't be taken in as legitimate. So with that, that's really all the evidence that we have. So A lot of speculation has obviously circulated in regards to this case, and there have been a myriad of various situations that have been presented as theories, but since we're already at an hour, we're going to make this a two-part, and we will talk about the theories in part two. That's all we have for this episode of the Keystone Cold Cases Podcast remember never to reach out to family or friends of the victims only to law enforcement if you have any tips this episode was researched and hosted by me sarah find all of our sources social media connections and contact information at kccpod.com theme music and production assistance from darren makins join us again next week for another case to sleuth out